money. Say something, or was it just a way to make more money? Stones in the world, but they're just really big stones that 
you know, are huge for what they are. Now, what they never until recently stopped to realize is that what the pyramid is sitting on mm. is also hewn stone. Hmm. They had to level the ground, right? And some of these stones that they put in the ground to level it are a hundred tons, massive blocks. And they're like, literally, it took someone walking around going, oh, there's seams in the ground. These are giant stones. And then as they look out, they're finding that, like, under the sand, half of the, what the, it sits on, the plateau that it sits on, which is obviously a nap, is bedrock, has been worked. So it wasn't just that they wow. carved out an area to put the pyramids. It was like they worked a gigantic section of the ground to to make this facility of in and around the pyramids. And one of the things that, uh, like a lot of ancient sites, the pyramids were built over natural springs because the springs were a holy place, right? I didn't know that. that they were holy before they built the pyramids, right? They didn't just go, okay, we're going to plunk something down here. It was, a gathering spot. It was from time immemorial. Now, think about this little nugget, and I hope you don't have this point because it's, it's a good one. Cleopatra is closer in time to us than she was to when the pyramids were built. Mm. Did you come across that fun little fact? They were in that ruins. They were in ruins and mysterious when she was there because by that time, they were already like, thousands of years old and in disuse and they were like yeah those are those are there but uh, our ancestors somewhere along they didn't know 2,000 years ago when they were living there what they were why they were there who built them mm -hmm. let alone what we think we know now but one of the things as far as like this giant piece of stone being hewn and all that this stuff is they've recently found this giant staircase carved that goes under the entire like past the bedrock wow and it goes... But were you going to put this up on the website for all of our... So, so maybe one of you two can describe what you're seeing here. It's literally just a... As you said, it's a staircase that just is cut into the ground. It just starts walking down. And it looks like it maybe goes out mm, 20 or 30 yards forward. But yeah, then straight. from yeah. that, it looks like then it goes underground. But it's just a 20 or 30 yard chasm that is just... A dark staircase so into this, the ground. There's very little. The other thing that makes this mysterious is that after they found it, they sealed it. And there's like three photographs of this. There's one from like an airplane aerial view to show it that it's literally just this slit in the desert. Mm -hmm. And then there's this photo, and then there's this photo. Like these are like if you try and find more, you're not going to find a whole lot more than that. Sealed it how? Put a rock on it? Or? They sealed it so tourists can't go look at it. Not like buried it back in, but it's just like you can't go. Just hmm. walk up to the thing. Now, obviously, that would be terrible for someone to fall in because they're very sure. simple. And maybe who knows how deep it goes or how dangerous it could be. Right, but it was going down to something and it was very deep. And they said they went down and it literally goes underneath down into the bedrock, like lower than what the, the basically the stone changes from the limestone that's just about everywhere else. And another thing I thought that was super cool while we're talking about that is so this is around. So this is one of the areas adjacent to the complex. So this is basalts. All this what yellowish stone that you're seeing here, this is all the limestone. This is all the natural stuff, right? And then there's this basalt stone. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if you guys know much about geology, but basalt is volcanic rock that is some of the hardest. It's right up there. The only, generally, the only thing you cut that with is a diamond. It is extremely difficult to cut. Mm -hmm. And if you look at this, what's it look? what does that look like you're seeing there? Roughly like a pool of lava. Yeah, it looks like it it's settled a, onto sand. I mean, it's flat on top, but it also looks like it's flowed like yeah. liquid. So a, a closer-up view of it here. You can see they're cut stones, but what does it look? They, you see the bottom of this? Now, Bo, as a builder, I know you're going to spot this, but the bottom of all of these essentially tiles the size of a car, mm -hmm. the bottoms of them have been cut so that they will lay over this older floor. So oh, there's a floor under it. So, so they're actually matched to the ground to be flat. To level so that the, the, the what they're putting above it is flat. Now, also if you look at, you've probably all seen pictures of the pyramids where you look at the top of the pyramid and it looks nice and smooth, right? And then the bottom looks all ragged and jaggedy. It's because the top of it still has the capstones on it, right? The original, the original stones. But underneath you have these really weathered stones just like underneath this floor you have this weathered surface so what does that 
rationally tell most people you think that would take the time to try and understand what's happening here? Well, it was purpose built. But it was they made they laid the ground before they built on top of it. That, I mean, that there was a complex there before they built their complex, just like. They put the capstones over the rougher stone. So that means the deeper you go into the pyramid, layer by layer like an onion, it gets older and older and older. So when the outside of the pyramid has less weathering than the inside of the pyramid, it tells you that at one point in time, these stones were exposed to weather. And then somebody came and said, I'm going to remodel this thing, just like we do now, of like, hey, this this monument that's sacred is looking kind of shabby. Let's wow. do it. So when they say... The pyramid is 2,500 years old, or uh, was 2,500 BC. They're dating the outermost layer. And just like if you were to, all this work you just did on your house, and someone came and said, wow, this house must have been built this year. No, we just remodeled it. Why would you think that? Well, because you were the last one to touch it. When did they find the basalt tiles? Well, these black ones uh, have been known about for a while, but even that, uh, you can see, like, these... Yeah, so that it's older. Cut to These ones are even older. The limestone on the ground. But that was so old and weathered that when they redid the complex at some point in obviously deep history, they cut the stones. These incredibly now keep in mind these are people who didn't have the wheel. They didn't have tools. They had the, the most advanced thing they had was a copper chisel. And here's a little expert excerpt. I, I um, so. Uh, Granite and basalt are some of are some metamorphic stone is difficult to carve even with iron or steel tools. Keep in mm -hmm. mind copper is not even half as hard as iron or steel. Usually tungsten carbide tips tools are used, although abrasives still work as well, meaning like a diamond tip blade or sanding. Modern techniques often use abrasives attached to heavy machinery to cut any kind of basalt stone. So obviously we know they cut the stone a long time ago, but it just leads into the next point of so somebody's cutting the tongue. They're using stone chisels and all these things, right? Because again, you look at that timeline of history. This is 2500 BC. This is we're we're just coming out of the Stone Age. We're in the Copper right, Copper Bronze, bronze age, age, beginning right? Bronze Age. So, the best case scenario would be a hot bronze tool. <laughs> best yeah. best case scenario. That but means they you have access to a lot age, of tin. Bronze. Yeah. Well, what what came first, the bronze or the copper age? Well, sure. copper plus tin copper. equals bronze. Okay, so copper was before the bronze age. So this is even older. They didn't even have bronze yet, right? So if you were if, if you were going to take all your time to cut these stones, do you think you would accidentally chisel a bit too far in these lines when you're trying to cut into the hardest thing on earth? You'd probably not go any deeper than you need they to. They must have figured something else out. There's no other or, way. Or, I mean, or like, think of this. Someone had help. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, I've seen stuff like that. Yeah, like these courses. So anyways, just as far as timelines and... And thing, I mean, we could do a whole thing about the, the ancient stone working, which we will someday. But uh, I just thought that was real interesting as far as finding ancient tombs and trying to date them goes. Where did the staircase, did it lead to anywhere? Or at the bottom of the stairs is just a face of rock? That's what yeah, I was wondering. Were people about. too scared to go down? Uh, the only thing it says, the first. only thing it says about the bottom of the staircase is, is it goes lower than the natural stone does. So basically, mm -hmm. you can see... In this picture, kind of, you can see how the stone is different on each side. That they carved it right into where the end of the natural limestone oh, that's is. That's what they mean. Oh, I see. And then it goes down until it goes uh, one goes underneath the other. Because I mean, oh. limestone is uh, a sedimentary stone that's formed from usually ancient sea uh, seabeds when organic material falls to the bottom and then the pressure, pressure, the lowest part of that. It's like if you went out to the ocean and dug a hole, you're going to run into sandstone because it's literally sand that's compacted in stone. It's a lot easier to work and stuff like that as a, compared to a basalt, which is volcanic stone, which is super duper hard. So Interesting. So they didn't really indicate where it went. Mysterious. Yeah. I mean, Lots I would love questions. to know. If that's some Indiana Jones stuff to just have this ancient staircase that goes... I mean, Right that, into the ground from nowhere. Yeah, like, it's wild. And I mean, think about, it, it's not just that it's an interesting staircase and where does it go, but you always have to look back to, well, how would you do that? Yeah, what's the mechanics involved? What do you need to go, and where, why? not only that, but where's the motivation? Where do yeah, you, why, why do where you do we do start, somebody took that first 
dig. Yeah, Somebody yeah, first yeah, yeah. made the tool to go carve and yeah. started digging. Well, a that's slave. Like, and that's <laughs> a slave. A slave. I mean, let's say it out loud. It's a slave. Fine. That's the really interesting thing is that there had to be a motivation, right? Because people, just like with the whole go back like Tepe thing, right? They were like, that, I mean, that is so old. They're literally trying to go, well, we thought people were, uh, you know, hunter-gatherers. And then when they decided that they were going to, like, change to that, then they all started gathering around one city. You know, they started getting bunched up in one place. So then, then uh, you know, that's where culture and all these things, because they're all packed together in one place. But then they find something like Obakali Tepe that predates by thousands of years when they thought that happened. And they're like, oh, I guess we were 100% wrong. Uh, temples and religious ceremonies came first. And then because they were doing that, I guess, then... Then they started trying to figure out how do we feed ourselves now that we're all in one place. Like, just like that, because mm -hmm. they found something that was so old that they didn't understand how else, because there was no arguing. It was there. Yeah. You know, like, how and how did it get there? People had to build it. What would possibly be the motivation to go from, I'm a hunter-gatherer who just chases herds of wild animals around, and that's enough food for me, to, I'm going to wake up today and build the most complex structure known to the human beings, and I'm going to carve it out of stone that weighs 19 tons, and that ought to, that ought to fill my day up. You know? Yeah, I'm finding this really fascinating line that's happening, uh, especially in the podcast that I'm listening to, the history of China. I mean, it's a massive podcast, but there is a definite line between written human history mm -hmm. and foretold or or passed down, verbal. not foretold, but verbal passed down, oral story. tradition. Oral tradition. That's the word. And with the oral tradition, there is a lot of. Maybe this mixed in, maybe it was a demigod. A lot of hyperbole. Or some explanation for things that maybe they just didn't understand, whatever. And then there's this line where, okay, now we have uh, actual written human history. Or at least somebody was writing something down. We don't know 100% if he was right or wrong, but at least he's getting pretty close. And that line is only like 6,000 years ago. Well, that there's very few times in history where there's more than one perspective because it's so rare to have these old texts mm -hmm. that there's no comparing well this guy said this and this guy said that there's like there was one guy whose book survived from ancient Rome the Ptolemy the right. third or whatever it was or Joseph or uh, what was it there um, the Jewish historian yeah Josephus his name. Yeah, Josephus that's what it was yeah. that's like we just get these brief one guy writing one down yeah just like leap frogging through history and then yeah you go back any further than that and it's and yet what we're finding and, and this is what you're what you're talking about here is relatively new information i mean at least newer than the year 2000 because oh yeah definitely there was a lot this of discoveries made in the late 80s and the 90s where it's like we're opening new tombs we're figuring things out i mean we've opened up <clears throat> i believe it was maybe 1992 and that's just a guess of opening up king tut's tomb and that's not even one of the oldest ancient tombs. That's actually known as a pretty new tomb. He wasn't that old. In, in the same vein as Cleopatra is what you said, closer to us than closer to the building of the pyramids. There is these wide swaths of time that is not recorded in written human history. But that doesn't mean that things weren't happening. That doesn't mean that things weren't being built or discovered or learned or created. You think about I just mean, because somebody wasn't writing it down. These yeah. these written texts are just as rare. Like if you've ever, I remember somebody arguing about like some kind of dinosaur. And, well, why don't why don't we have more fossils? Like they're trying to determine something about these dinosaurs. And the guy looks at me and goes, "Every single fossil we have is a borderline miracle. <laughs> Do you understand what it takes to get a bone?" to go from 65 million years ago to now, that dinosaur had to die, not just anywhere, but in a very specific set of circumstances so that when it died, before it was completely torn apart by other animals, it was covered in just the right material that would preserve it, and then through time... Undisturbed. It, uh, undisturbed, so that it can make it us, and then just maybe someone might stumble across it one day and just maybe that person might know what they're looking at yeah. and then just maybe they might extract it from the ground successfully so that it doesn't just turn to a pile of dust. Like and that then, dinosaur <laughs> doesn't know that in two, 65 million years there's going to be a desert there. It could be a forest. It could be It could be the, the bottom ocean. of the ocean. It could mm -hmm. be under the yeah, ocean. I mean, right. and then you think of that, right? But then you think of like how delicate a human text is. 
and, and the fact that most of the time, as yeah. soon as we don't like something, we burn it for the, you know, like that's yeah, the history right. of humankind is, oh, that doesn't go along with what our current understanding is. Let's make sure that that doesn't survive. So it's like you have all these times where it's self-sabotaging that do we have any of these texts, right. you know, that are beyond a few hundred years old is miraculous. Or even, this is even one step further and we don't need to go down this rabbit hole, but just the hit, history is written by the winners. Oh, yeah. If you're wealthy enough to have a scribe who can <laughs> make papyrus paper, yeah. who can learn how to write for you, I, then you might as well tell him that you won that battle. I, because that's what I want to be written down, I, I and the, I'll kill him if I don't want to. I, I saw the best quote of, like, don't worry, everyone. Every battle in history has been won by the right team. It was always the good guys that won, said history, but yeah. by the people said who won. history, exactly. <laughs> So, Bo, what's the next? What's the next point on Cleopatra? You got? Until we uncover a tomb that has a crystal, that when you touch the crystal, it tells you all of human history. Are you talking uh -oh. about <laughs> Superman scenario? <laughs> yeah, exactly. With... Until we have a time crystal, I'm gonna we pause. will have to speculate. Yeah, I'm gonna pause and check the audio just just to be 100 percent sure. Okay. And after that, we can get into it. So, um, yeah, gonna give you a quick rundown of this lady. She's so cool, uh, super smart, and very motivated. Like, she knows her business, she knows what to do up until she's not alive anymore, which was a I'll slow you down every time. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of, kind of puts a hamper on things. Um, it actually starts with Alexander the Great. So Alex dies at on 323 BCE BC excuse me Alex the Great dies at on 323 BC he had this guy around him named Ptolemy there are seven dudes around him his bodyguard dudes there's, there's seven of them they're called Somatophylacus or something like that it's a completely insane name but I love is that it. where the term flock of seagulls comes from it might be and they all <laughs> had that hair <laughs> so Alex dies this guy, Ptolemy, is not only a bodyguard, but he's a general. And some people think he might have been Alex's brother. Hmm. So he's in the position of power. And we we might know what happens to the Gre Grecian Empire once Alex dies. It's split into, split into four. Ptolemy gets one of those four pieces. His generals. Split His generals up. split it up. Yes. So that happens... He was appointed, quote-unquote, satrap of Egypt r right as Alex dies. Like, they don't waste any time. Like, they just split it up right then. So I thought it was interesting that because of that, uh, every leader in, down the line, the female leaders, were all Cleopatras. They called them Cleopatra instead of queen. And every king was now, instead of calling them pharaohs, they called them uh, Ptolemies. Ptolemy was the boy's. Cleopatra, Arsinoe, and Berenice were the were the girls. Yeah. So there's three girl names, one boy name, to centralize power. Obviously, it's not just because they're like, I not just because they like it, joke, it was, but yeah, uh, like they just wanted to make everything really clear. Like, how many Ptolemies do we think there were? So there was by the end of the Ptolemaic reign, which is the death of Cleopatra, there was fourteen. Hmm. You can do the math on that if you add up. 14 Ptolemies, 4 Arsenos, 4 Berenices, Berenices, <laughs> that's the plural. Berenices? Berenice, um, and 7 Cleopatras, I believe, I could be wrong on the math, but it, and if you, and if you take 323 years, I just went to 0 BC, I think, that's 24 years on average, per ruler. Not a bad reign. Not a bad reign, but not that long either. You only get 24 years on the Earth. That's not that long. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about, like, the average of human yeah. lifespan before right. modern medicine. A lot of murder. If you like murder... <laughs> do a lot of regicide, you know. A lot of patricide, a lot of matricide, a lot of homicide, a lot of murder. Just murder, murder, murder. But we'll get into that. Let me go back a minute. Ptolemy reigns... For a while, he has a million Ptolemies, a million Arsinos, and Berenice. What, what was your estimate on the time? So I the... just took 323 years, and then I, there's 14 Ptolemies, four Arsinos. As far as I know, 14 Ptolemies, four Arsinos, 
four Berenices, and seven Cleopatras. I don't know what that all has. I, I just want to check because you were really close. Was it? Yeah, yeah they, uh, I just Googled it. Uh, it says the, the Ptolemaic dynasty in Egypt lasted for 275 years. 275, okay. Yeah. From oh, because he ruled. Okay, so he took some of that out. Too. From oh, yeah, yeah, 305 BC to 30 BC. Of course, yeah, it would be 275. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, maybe you get 30 years or something. Maybe... So, I'm going to sound like a dummy, and you yeah. can definitely cut this all out. But I have always wondered where the line was between ancient Egypt, the pharaohs, and the Roman rule. That's where it was, but it was yeah. Grecian. Because all of Grecian those, that that whole, the Ptolemaic, they were all Greeks. They were, they were not hereditary yeah, he's Egyptian. Greek. And that's, that's why they were so big on the imagery of being like, I'm sure, you, maybe you haven't, I don't know, that, that the last Cleopatra fashioned herself as the reincarnation of Isis and went around always like putting on a crazy show like she was trying to convince people she was a god by every time she walked in a room it was like gold dust and like people <laughs> flapping wings I mean it was wild I'll into, yeah I'll get into that too. Yeah. yeah and then uh they Mark Anthony who was her husband because uh she was trying to consolidate power with Rome uh he was supposed to be the um the reincarnation of uh, Isis, or the other, the other Osiris. One, Osiris, yeah. yeah, and that's why when they found that was where they were digging was the temple of. They think Mark Antony and Cleopatra are buried in that temple. They, they which was the them. temple of Osiris. Right? I think it was called that. Yeah, that was the temple at that at that. What place. an interesting time in history when yeah. such ancient cultures mm -hmm. belief systems are then being clashed with very modern. Very modern ideals. Yeah. I mean, Mark Antony and uh, and Cleopatra are so. I mean, they're like right here. They're like. Yeah. They're, they're right with us. They are at the center of everything, and they're at the center of change. Mm -hmm. Like it's like this. They crazy pretty much represent story. absolute change. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean. Can I can I just say give a shout out to the ancient Egyptians for just being being all about having female leadership. Absolutely. Like, we act like now it is the most progressive thing. Like, if we could just get a woman president, right? Like, like when I Hillary do, was yeah. running for president, people were like, man, what a change that would be like. This is not a new concept. <laughs> Has anybody heard of a history book? You look it up. It's happened lots of times. Also, currently around the world, there's lots of female leaders. So let's not act like that's going to change. It's going to be a big new thing. Let me just backtrack a little bit here. Keep this train on the track. Yeah. You're supposed to be in charge. Of I have it all. I have it all. It's all upstairs. It's all right here. Okay, so... Okay, so then the next thing is... So this gives you a little bit more backstory on her. This guy, Plutarch, this Greek or Roman guy, he wrote about her, and he said... <laughs> he said something horrible. He said, she wasn't so unique that there was no comparison, or that we couldn't look at her without being touched. Basically, she's ugly. <laughs> or, or just average, or just meant, average. But I don't think she's not a, as godlike as she describes herself. Right. She wasn't. He wasn't like extolling her beauty. That's at the bottom, like baseline. He's not saying that she's. She's she was no Elizabeth Taylor. Right. Right. <laughs> portrayed in Elizabeth Taylor's famous movie, whatever. But I'm like, okay, well, typical man, just like you're okay. I mean, he was basically a First Dynasty hater. Yeah. He, it, I mean, people say the same thing about Beyonce. It's yeah. not about looks. <laughs> not my cup of tea. I mean, come on, Plutarch. Anyway, so some coins from the time show that she had a slightly protruding nose. Who cares? And some busts, those things, the, just the head, show slightly protruding chin. But this may have been on purpose to accentuate masculine attributes. Yeah, because so I thought that was... What, and this has nothing to do with her ability to rule in any way, but what yeah. nationalities do we think that she may have descended? Is she, she Egyptian she, and Greek. Egyptian and Greek. Yeah. Yeah, like her ancient grandpa was Greek. He, she was, he was Ptolemy. Ah. She was the descendant of Ptolemy. She, was, she had the bloodline in her, which was kind of cool. Mm -hmm. And so, so, so he wrote about her, whatever. She, she was able to speak like seven, and I found up to 12 languages. So crazy, like very expensive. See how, see how much people get done when they don't get distracted with cell phones and TV. Exactly. I get nothing to do, so it's just Mine's like, just I got all this time to learn, learn more stuff. 
Yeah, she ruled from 51 to 30 BC, not a huge amount of time. Um, born in 69, so she only lived 39 great years. Great year. Yeah, great year. <laughs> Classic. In Alexandria, the city founded by Alexander the Great. Okay, so that's the, her backstory, blah, blah, blah. Pretty cool, like, details so far, I think. That, re- that just kept me going. And so she marries her brother, Ptolemy Thirteen. When he is 13, I think he was 13, and she's 17. So, okay. That's a lot to unpack. Yeah, yeah. Wait, 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 which which Cleopatra are we talking about? The last one? The last one. The last one, okay. Yeah, and I think that's the one they think they found the tomb. The coolest one. Yeah, the coolest. (laughs) Number seven. He's not in, uh, Ptolemy is not interested in having her around anymore, so she leaves at 21. She only gets like four years, or like in Alexandria, co-ruling they call it, or whatever. Then this guy Pompey, he's Roman. Pompey. Pom- Pompey, or or he's he's Roman or Greek. He's headed to Egypt after Caesar kicked his butt in a battle. So he's like, blah blah blah. I'll go to Egypt, kind of chill out for a little bit. I knew the guy before Ptolemy thirteen. He was nice to me, Ptolemy's dad. He shows up in Egypt, and what do you think happens? So this Greek Roman guy goes to Egypt for a holiday, basically. He's, he's beheaded instantly. <laughs> That's not what I was going to guess. Not chill. I was going to say celebrated, not... maybe an orgy, I don't know. <laughs> That's probably that's a good guess. I he probably he, thought that. He probably thought that. And he's, he's like, let's go party. Dead. It's he's cut off almost immediately. Caesar shows up a few days later. And that's his enemy, is, is this guy Pompey. And it's his enemy, but for some reason he's shocked that he's dead. In such a quote-unquote like brutal way and I'm like these are like really weird like dynamics now even now like that have started very weird yeah he's like why did you kill him maybe he wanted to do it well you know what it genuinely yeah. seems like is sort of the wild west oh absolutely it seems like and, and I was about to say I'm actually very interested in what that what I'm imagining this is happening in Cairo it's in modern day Cairo I'm very curious to to hear what the end of the Ptolemaic 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 reign would look like culturally. What were people doing? Oh, I'll tell you. Because the that was the time of the uh, Alexand- the Library of Alexandria. So keep in mind, like zoom out a little bit. This kind of helped me. Like we're about to go into like the Roman Empire. This is like people... This is the end of the Grecian Empire. Learning science. Yeah. Like, getting... Yeah, they're getting things done. People are smart right now. Eyes open. Yeah, yeah. It's not so much about we're following gods or we've got... We're, we're like, bowing down. We're slaves. We're bowing down to a pharaoh. This is like... We kind of are... We got stuff going on. We got farming, agriculture. Yeah, we'll get into that a little bit, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, like I said, this is 2,000 years after the peak of the Egyptian system right we're talking all those pyramids already built you know all and those now they're dilapidated Karnak, by Luxor, Thebes all these cities have already rised and fallen and that they're inherited what's left of it to the point that the leaders aren't even Egyptians anymore mm. so these are a people a conquered people generations removed from their prime that's and that's why, why the leadership is just getting passed around until it gets to a point where it's so watered down that now it's that anybody can walk in and take over, essentially. Is yeah, no, and that's what happened. Yeah. Their army wasn't powerful anymore. It was barely a... It was uh, barely a unified thing anymore. Barely a country. And so the Greek, Greeks took over. Now this is now we're in the at the point in history where the Romans... This is the cusp of the Roman Empire. I mean, it, it's been building since Alex died for 300 years. But still, it, it will last another, what, I don't know, 1,000, 1,500 years maybe. So Pompey's beheaded. And yeah. apparently, yeah, <laughs> Caesar shows up. He's like, why'd you do that for some reason? Then apparently someone has to die for this act. So one of the attendants in charge, one of the people in government, they're killed because they killed Pompey. Someone had to be the whipping boy. Someone had to be murdered. So even though Pompey represents the enemy of Caesar, he's saying this is such a brutal act. Mm-hmm. I'm disappointed with yeah. that. I think it was one of those things where it's like, if they're not punished, then people think that it, they can do it to a different leader. So it's not so much that it was 
his enemy as much as it was a person in authority and that power has to be maintained. Sure. Mm. And if somebody was going to kill him, it should have been him by his own decree. Yeah, and so he goes to the palace and he's like, I want to meet the king and queen of Egypt. But some of the people in the Egyptian ruling class were, were like, you can't be here, Cleopatra, if we remember. She's, she's out of Egypt, uh, Egypt, yeah, out of Alexandria. She's in Syria. So they're trying to keep her away. Caesar's in Alexandria waiting, basically. He's with Ptolemy thirteen. This, this is like one of the interesting things about Cleopatra, one of the tactics that was kind of cool. She goes ahead and she sneaks into Alexandria on a ship in a sack and she gets all the way to Caesar's room. In a sack. In a sack. And she gets out and she talks to him. And she's like, hey, wasn't it uncool that they killed your enemy? What do you think of that? This, You know what it makes me think of is like, if you've ever, as a child, gotten in trouble... It's the first person back to dad that gets to lay the foundation of the story, oh my gosh, right? Yes. So she went way out of her way to be like, "You, you should." By the way, you remember? guys were all like, "Screw Caesar!" And I was like, "No, he's cool, guys." <laughs> Sorry, this is turning into drunk history. <laughs> it's so true because it's it's fascinating, the actual simplicity. It's so simple, but bold. Bold and simple. You're like because in Syria. Because we're living in a world where every single action complicates 12 other actions. Yeah. Every single mild, somebody said this, or some leader did that, or somebody executed this person, it causes rifts and waves across the whole world. Everyone hears about it, and mm-hmm. everyone has an opinion about it. Absolutely. Where back then, a extremely influential, powerful leader, maybe they didn't know at the time of themselves, but Caesar... And Cleopatra the seventh having this interaction of her going, I got an idea. Well, that that's I'm gonna hide like, myself. Who's got a sack in a yeah. burlap sack? Don't ask why. I she need that like, sack. <laughs> and none of her bodyguards went. Eh, no, you can't do that. I'm sure they said that. She was friends with this like, merchant guy though. Throw you off a cliff then. Yeah, <laughs> but he helps her, and so I'm sure that got his attention. As a world ruler, this is Julius Caesar we're talking about. Like that's insane. You it's snuck into like my room. Fanned by like a large palm frond. Yeah, and then there's a woman coming up. I mean, eating grapes. I don't think he was a surprise to having women pop up in his room. Maybe it wasn't. Homes. I don't know. He's like, oh yeah. It was. A oh, ju- this is an average Thursday. Yeah. Afternoon. <laughs> it's like, what? You have a name? Oh, that's neat. I know. No, that, yeah, that's a good point too. There's a time in history when men, obviously, were horrible. Still are. But, How old uh, do you think that uh, this modern date, this modern Caesar, was of Cleopatra and her rule? Do you think he viewed Alexander as, as a threat or an important nation, or well, do you think he was thing. like these losers? I think everything was hanging in the balance. That's why this move it was seems so like crazy. The Wild West. It was the Wild West. Absolutely. He didn't know if the entire all of Egypt would declare war on him. He didn't know if the Greeks, if they were still around, would declare war on him. Again, um, Ptolemy declares war on Caesar at that point. At some point, very close to there, once Cleopatra is back in Alexandria. Because Ptolemy's like, oh no, I'm going to be out of power very soon if I don't do something. So what's he do, Bo? The siege of Alexandria begins. Oh, yeah! (laughs) Here we go! There's a lot of burning. I don't think it... It may have been the burning of Alexandria. I'm not quite sure. No, no, that will happen later. But um, there was a lot of fighting, a lot of burning. I think Ptolemy dies in the battle. I could be mistaking Ptolemy and Pompey at this point, but I think Pompey already was beheaded. Yeah, okay. So Ptolemy fights Caesar and, at this point, basically Caesar and Cleopatra. The siege happens. This is this big battle. There's a battle of the Nile, apparently. And then Ptolemy... Yes, I think Ptolemy dies. What a battle. Battle of the Nile. Wow. But that, The that, Nile. They must have been close to the Nile, if that was what it was called. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know all the details there. But, yeah. So there's some death. Caesar's still alive. Cleo's still alive. It's crazy. Like, we've already fought a war. He's coming out of a war. And then Cleopatra has a son by him. So, they're getting a relationship. (laughs) 
they're in a relationship and do you think they love each other? I don't know. It's, it's I think they love power. Yeah, they love power. It's, it's so easy to love power. <laughs> I mean, it's obviously a calculated move. It's pretty cool. It's just like the sack. Sneaking into the room. You know, one of the things that, uh, just as a side point about the Cleopatra, do you, uh, how far away from the, the end of Cleopatra? Not far. Okay. Yeah, not I'm, far. I, I'm sure you probably have to say, so I'm not going to, I'm going to wait. Okay. He, she has a son with him. His name's Caesarian, or Ptolemy Caesar. Can I pause you for one second? Yeah, absolutely. Is this, we're talking about Cleopatra the Seventh. Mm-hmm. Is this the most famous Cleopatra? Yes. Or is the first one? She's the most famous. The most famous is the last one. And because of the whole situation with consolidating their power with the, getting involved with Caesar and stuff. Um, yeah. Continue, please. So Caesar leaves Rome. He's gone. And then Cleopatra rules Egypt for a number of years. Alexander experiences, like you were talking about, cultural prosperity. Mm-hmm. They're chilling. They're, they're happy. There's relatively no war. Things are happening. It's good. Um, the average merchant on the ground level is kind of just growing corn. Yeah, he's doing his thing. It's basically like the the, the Reagan era of Egypt. <laughs> yeah, this is 2006. Gas prices uh, are cheap. Yeah, yeah. Foreign policy's going pretty good. Yeah, like GMs, you know, like making a lot of motors. Yeah. Next surprise move, Caesar is named dictator. And the other politicians are angry. They kill him in 44 BC. This was the whole classic, talking, yeah. the Senate goes Brutus. in and stabs yeah, him. That's yeah, that's the classic Brutus one. situation. Yeah, yeah too Brute. He was yeah. named, he named him, I think he named himself dictator. Either way, he became dictator. They didn't like it and they killed him. Like whole powerful was, emperor of Rome? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, dictator, yeah. That He's dead in 44 BC. Octavius, not his cousin, I think it's his nephew comes to power, Octavius. And He's helped by who else? none other than Mark Antony. Mark Antony is a general Great or name. a very powerful war guy. He goes and fights and things for the Roman Empire. Mark Antony pursues Caesar's murderers, which is pretty cool. Hmm. Pretty cool omission, like going off and finding people. Anyway, he does this thing where he reads Caesar's will in the public square and Cleopatra ain't in it. Oh, snap. Oh, so no doubt she heard about that. So this is happening in Rome. She's still in Alexandria, sort of divorced from the situation. Her husband is dead. Or whatever. Her lover. Yeah, because they couldn't get married because that would have like screwed up the whole Egyptian Probably. propaganda campaign they had going on. They definitely had one. So they had to keep them... They were. It was like one of those uh, known secrets kind of thing that everybody yeah. was aware of it, but... If she would have done it, it would have like decreased the image of her being a god. Sure. But uh, but what's his name? Was it? But yeah, because it was him, and her, and Mark Anthony that were supposed to be co-gods, and not just her and Caesar. Right. It was like a love triangle thing. So in forty-one BC, she shows in the, up in this town in Turkey in this crazy boat with these with a gold stern, silver oars, and and then like there's music going. And apparently it smelled really good. Mm, incense? So, yeah. And this really... Mark Antony's like, I'm all about this. So he, like, is into it. Oh, yeah. Apparently that's the first time he is, is with Cleopatra or something. In 40... Wait, do you know why she did that, though? What the... So... I don't her, know the specific her, her goal was very interesting in that trip because... She was trying to go to where Mark Anthony was and to appeal to the people there as a different god. So when she was in Egypt, she was trying to say, I'm Isis, your god queen. Mm. But when she went there, she was trying to tell them, I'm Aphrodite, look how beautiful I am, oh, to try and console, try and do the same thing as to Whoa. appeal to their religious inclinations and be worshipped. But by, like, you know, because back then it's not like the people over here are going to find out. She already had all the money to put on make a gold boat and silver oars and all these things but she rolled in trying to say yo i'm aphrodite so yeah you bet uh mark anthony was like well it's aphrodite guys come on she's down to clown 
Yeah, well, it worked. And 40, a year later, she gives birth to twins by Mark Antony, named, I believe, Helo, Helios and Selena, Sun and Moon. Oh, snap. Great name for twins. Like, if, like, if I had you're Helios. at the center of everything. Like, ma- naming Ooh, kids wait, Sun and Moon. Too. I would have worn the socks and shoes, because I think that would be adorable. But that's <laughs> for if they, if they were cats. If I would have given birth to kittens. That's yeah, oh, kittens yeah, yeah. And, and little, like, uh, flip-flop. <laughs> Jacket and hat. It's um, just amazing that these ultra-wealthy... Super wealthy. Yeah, let's not forget, just like the king and queen of anywhere, these all these people are wealthy landowners. Yes, exactly. The, the, and there's all, nothing more special about them other than uh, divine right, which is what rich people often say to keep peasants from killing them because which, they want to... Can we them. all admit divine right doesn't exist? Right. Uh, but it's fun to say, because when you say it, then you get to, you want to talk say about the ultimate... God has your back. Right. Yeah. You're going to argue with me, then... I guess I'll have to kill you? Yeah. So, so when you have that. divine right and people start believing you, and then you have the wealth of the nation behind you, man, there's yeah. a lot you can do. I and must have said that a hundred. Right. So we, me and Miranda just finished watching the latest season of The Crown, and like one of the big dramas, the spoilers alerts of uh, the, the recent thing of The Crown was that their yacht broke down, and there was like a big row apparently on who was going to pay for the yacht to get fixed, the royal yacht, <laughs> because they were like... Uh, the country should pay for this because it's like our yacht that we go on like cruises with to like showcase how wonderful Britain is, right? Like it's like a public, uh, what do you call it? Like a figurehead kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? And they were like, uh, no. <laughs> uh, if you want to fix your yacht, you go right ahead, but we're not paying billion dollars, you know, something like $14 million. And this is in like 1970s money to fix your yacht, right? This is mm-hmm. in the middle of, like, one of the biggest recessions in in uh, British history that the, all this was happening. And and they went into this whole thing about, like, you know, this righteous indignation about how, you know, we're the heart and soul of the nation, and, you know, we're, we've been bloodlines and all that. And then I'm just, like, yelling at TV. I'm like, you're just a bunch of rich a-holes. You're none of those things. You're literally just rich people who are trying to evade paying taxes. Everybody in power, that's their number one goal. How can we not pay taxes? I mean, it's just fascinating, speaking of divine right, that they still believe it. Oh, for sure. We... How, can, how can I have all these things if not by God's hand, is essentially like what, what they tell themselves. That's why like... they work so hard to preserve the bloodline. And that it's so... Yeah, they they, they talk other. about... They talk about the bizarre thing. Oh, racism. You know, the... Uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Meghan Markle, or uh, oh. the other one? I, I seriously do not care about British. It's Meghan, Meghan Markle, is, is the, yeah, that's the one, the one married, that uh, Harry's married to. Yes, guy. okay, the, the uh, youngest one. And they say, oh yeah, she's she's not white, which yes is completely effed up and wrong, and they should not be talking like that. But it's more that they're she's they still to... believe in the divine right. Well, that they also believe, and that... they believe that she's taming the line. It's insane. That and they're worried that she's going to take away from the wealth instead of add to it. That's the whole point of marrying another rich person because it consolidates more power and scoops more people into that. Okay, now you're now you're a Windsor. Now you're a Windsor. Now you're a Windsor. And now the House of Windsor is even more powerful. It's that's the consolidating power as opposed to. Oh, but I want to marry a poor person because I love them. Great. This is a business, not a family. This right. is exactly. you know exactly it's so depressing. And it's it's just fascinating that they are so ingrained in the culture of the United Kingdom that people still go, yes, it's rah, one of the rah, most successful. We're having fun with it. The, the, the it's last like Disney. Well, well, I'll tell you this, like, some don't English... Let, don't let them hear something. <laughs> <laughs> some English people... I think every culture needs a a royalty. Whether you create it, intentionally or unintentionally, I think every culture creates royalty. Oh, the United for sure. States has created royalty within Hollywood. Oh, 100%. That's the royalty. You're it's, talking about celebrities. It's, yeah. It's it's not named, they're not king and queen, but they're definitely king and queen. And their decision making, whether it's divine right or not, is still under the microscope. Everyone looks at them and goes, yes. what are they up to? What are they doing? Brad Pitt asked for a bottle of water. You would kill you. three hobos to get it to him. <laughs> exactly. Because it, his needs are so much more important than normal persons. Why? 
because he's, he's, a, he's celebrity. Famous. a celebrity and that's all those ancient people were and they became so famous for so long that all of a sudden they're like well their kids are famous now too because that's yeah. so, and then that just perpetuates because by then you own all the things right like yeah. and that's where the french revolution comes in is let's cut their heads off there's human wealth. beings unlimited exactly. wealth for so long that everyone went Mm, why is it why is it that they have so much and we have so little for so i feel like we could yeah we could just take it let's just cut their heads off that works right hey you might be onto something built for the french peasantry for looking through a divine right and seeing to the other side that it doesn't exist that's the whole thing with the the part of the reason why they kept the 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 king and queen like so private because like god forbid you see a a god bleed Mm -hmm. like they that was like back then how they kept it kept people in fear right like that's all it's ever been is how do how do a small group of people maintain power over a large group of people with fear it's the only way to do fear it fear and showmanship yeah. i mean yeah. look at north korea right now i mean it's probably the best example we have of divine right complete oppressive power over people that kind of believe that it's true yeah they have no no other option. They're forced to believe it. So, I mean, this is all speculation, and anyone that's outside of North Korea can only guess. Yeah. I'm wondering how much of it is we believe the divine right, and how much is we just do it because we know we're going to get killed if we don't. Yeah. And, and where, half and half. And how, half. and you know that those lines are shifting. Yeah. You know that eventually it becomes 100% and then revolution. Well, that's why... Uh, I mean, I, I think it's a good uh, case study for the whole information is power, right? Like, that's why, uh, from a very long time, the best way to con- keep people docile is to keep them stupid. That's why they didn't let people learn how to read back in the day. That's why the American school system is so terrible, because smart people are harder to control. So you bet that over in North Korea, guess when they probably start learning about the leader, Day one, mm-hmm. elementary school, kindergarten. You're, you got the picture of Kim Jong Un or Eel, whichever one it is, up on the wall. So that all they ever understand, all the way up from day one, is that. That's why outside information is bad. Because if all of a sudden they're saying, well, this country has a leader, and that country has a leader, and that country, they can't all be put there by, they can't all be god kings. Because which one's the, the strongest? Shouldn't that one just be in trouble in the whole world? Then people start asking questions, right? They have to limit the information. The real power comes from the limiting of the information. So that's why anytime somebody in a leadership tries to control a narrative, it becomes so dangerous because yeah. the manipulation is what people are easily manipulated, is what it comes down to. And a lot of times people want to be manipulated. So like they're afraid to, to think for themselves. Yeah. Like thinking for yourself is not, I, I don't think, is natural for most people, especially after generations and generations of being told. Everything's mm-hmm. scary, yeah. you know. Don't it takes think. a lot to break the human brain out of hardwiring. Yeah. It, like just the mask thing over the pandemic. Like we're just starting to come out of the mask thing mandate. Mm-hmm. Before we were wearing masks, it was like I don't want to wear this because I've never worn it before. First time I was going into a supermarket. Mm-hmm. Coming out of it, I was like, "What's going to happen to my mask?" Mm-hmm. Like and now I feel weird taking it off. So it's like, and that was only a couple of years. So how fast everything else ingrained? That. It's very quick. I yeah, think right. it, yes, but and well, I mean, it, just that thing that you said about you can't see a king bleed. The idea that King Jong Kim Jong Il has his people believing that he doesn't have genitalia that pees or poops. He doesn't. Oh really? He just he his body is so efficient at breaking <laughs> oh, yeah. down nutrients of his food that he doesn't actually have to pee or poop. Why is he so fat then? Because well, of that very that, that becomes very clear that it's everything. all inside. Oh, it's okay. all stored energy. <laughs> he, he's not fat. He's storing his reserves. But it runs so fast. How much of that is believed, and how much of that is just accepted as like fine or whatever? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think know. it's probably it, it's believed because they're so ignorant that it, they don't know it doesn't make sense. No option. You know, just like I'm sure. Back in the day, the Egyptians, you know, did they truly believe that there was the river Styx and, you know, the, there was an Anubis and all these different gods? 
Oh, well, who, who knows? That's why I think the, the tunnel that you brought up was interesting. I think they were trying to get to the underworld. Oh, for sure. Mm. And that's the only thing I can think of. But, yeah. I mean, if you have the ability as Masons to see the difference between bedrock, where you go, this is where the rock changes, and this is where it's easier to dig through. But you also have the backing of sp- the spirituality of this is, you know, there is an underworld, there, there is a difference. Yeah, it's just down there, we can get to it. Let's go. If I somebody don't said, oh, I don't know, I mean, maybe we should try to get to it. And then they see the edge change and go, oh, wait a minute, the rock's different here. Yeah. I think, yeah. Maybe. What else are they going to do? <laughs> right. There's not a lot of oh, other stuff one, going one, on. One, one more fun fact about the pyramid, right? Uh, so, uh, these are rough numbers because I don't, because I don't have my numbers right in front of me, but... The, the long math on the pyramids, right? The the the, main, the biggest pyramid of Giza is made of something like six million individual blocks. Now, to move those six million blocks would take, if you factored something like, it would take 600 years if they were moving one every 10 minutes, right? Something like that. It, it's very fast, right? It, even at that fast speed, it would take a, a, a more than a, more than several lifetimes. So what we know about Egyptian society was one of the first things a pharaoh would do from the, the first day he came in power, he would start building his tomb because they knew that if that tomb wasn't done by the time they were dead, it wasn't getting done because guess what? All the slaves are going to listen to the new guy, right? Mm-hmm. So the first thing they would do was start building their temple and start building their tomb, which is two different things because the temple is where they were worshipped because they were deities. And the tomb was where they were buried. They weren't usually one and the same. So those were the two main building projects that any, but again, this was public works. Think of it as, uh, you know, like after the Great Recession, we built all the roads, right? We built all the freeways. It's something to keep the people working so that they could make money. So they could, and this is, how, again, to control the population. There was always another grand building project. As long as there was a pharaoh, there was work. And as long as there was work, there was FDR. food. FDR. I mean, yeah. we're talking about... And we're talking FDR. Creating jobs. Creating jobs. Make America great again. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, and so that's why you factor that in of like, okay, that's weird that for 600 years they were building this out of the goodness of their hearts in between all these other building projects because somebody along the line said started this the started the project and the next guy goes, it was really important to him, so I'm going to I'm gonna follow it. And the next guy and the next guy... Couple that with the fact that there were no hieroglyphics found anywhere in the. Most people, I feel like, do not know that fact. Like that, that is one of the more interesting things. Nowhere in the pyramid were there hieroglyphics. Guess what's over every blank, blank tomb? Walls. Every other, if you've ever seen anything, buddy, everything's covered in hieroglyphics because it was a bunch of narcissists. This is my tomb. This is this is I am a god king. Listen, this is going to carve it in. And then when somebody else would come along, what would they do? They would like the sun would come along and be like, no, it's mine now. And they would carve over the top of it. It was just like there's so much vandalism over the, these huge spans of time, of like they're trying to figure out like you know, you know you'll see things where people's faces are carved off because oh that guy was a jerk and after he died they all scratched it off right, but none of that. On the biggest one, right? That no one ever, all the whole thing with, they don't, you know, I'm sure everyone, oh, they don't know how they built them. Right. Well, part of that is because they left records of everything else. They have ancient Egyptian cookbooks. They have ancient religious religious texts. They have ancient receipts. They have every kind of other document that you could have from an ancient civilization, except for how they built this giant thing. Now, I, I get it. Maybe, you know, if you if, if you went to, oh, wandered around the uh, Empire State Building, you're not going to find a hammer, right? Like, it, it, it doesn't really matter but the thing is it's like you couple that with what I showed you earlier you got these layers of ancient things built over the top of them so when they say they don't know how to do it it doesn't go with convention with everything else and then apparently it's been re-inhabited and remodeled a couple times it makes a very strong argument that something is amiss and it's not as linear as they want to tell us of here was a pharaoh he built the thing and the next guy comes and he built the thing it's like they were building these things because something was already there. This was a holy site to someone long, long before the Egyptians showed up. Mm. And we know next to nothing because all we know is that the last guy who touched it was, but that's only going to be half the story because you're yeah. willfully not right. trying to explain the other half of it. That's a really interesting point that you brought up early on. And again, it makes me sound like a dummy, but I had never put it together, really. Or not put it together, but never really thought it out that... It would take 
like you're saying, at least 600 years, at the bare minimum, at least 600 years of human labor to create one of the pyramids of Giza. And there's three. Yeah. One, and if it was a tomb for a pharaoh who started the project, that means they would have had to keep it going long years. after he was dead. Yeah, that means 600 years of pharaoh. Did you know this would be on the newest layer then? There is something written on the top of the pyramid, the Great Pyramid. I don't know what it is. Above the gold cap? Or on the gold cap? It's just on the top. It's. I think there's, I don't know if it's a gold cap at the top. Or well, originally stone. it had a gold cap and it was covered in white stone. Okay, It's. it must be in the stone. I don't know. But something is written there. I don't know. I don't know, it must be new. <laughs> Relatively <laughs> <Some> new. <kid. laughs> hey man, Richard was here. Yeah, no, but yeah, that's a long time, 600 years to be built. That's and again, that's one, of things, that's one of those things that it's like... And, and 600 no years is a bare minimum speculation. Bare minimum. That's, that's what I'm saying. And the entire Egyptian, uh, ancient, we call it the ancient Egyptian time span, is about 3,000 years. Mm -hmm. 600 years is... I'm not good at ratios, but I mean, it's it's... A yeah. small, not too small, but it's a small portion of but it is but a that's chunk of it. But that's with like thousands of people working 24 hours a day nonstop. That's not even a realistic, that, the point of that number is to show how unrealistic it is. That mm -hmm. even if you had these people working at this speed nonstop, to, to move a six ton block, you know, through a bunch of sand, up a raft, up a thing. Because keep in mind, these rocks did not come locally. They were brought in, like, yeah. from the Aswan. Some of the stuff was brought in from quarries from a ways away. So we're talking a nonstop conveyor belt of nonstop. And this is, and they again, how they built it still is a mystery as far as, like, how do you stack stones that high? You can't build a ramp because there's no way to build a ramp that big. You don't have wheels. You don't have tools. Again, am I saying aliens built it? No, not at all. I'm saying that the the timelines of what we think what most right. people think the it's off. the Great Wall of China we do know took over a thousand years. Mm. Mm -hmm. Seems right. It seems right, yeah. and it was a building project started by one emperor oh, really? who decided decided. So. Cleopatra, she has those kids with Mark Antony. Octavius, the ruler of Rome, Caesar's nephew, he offers his sister to Mark Antony to marry, and he goes ahead and marries her. That happens. Political, it makes sense, but Mark Antony ends up hanging out with Cleopatra for a while after that. Now, one quick question. Is Mark, is this the same Mark Antony and Mary J.Lo, or is this a different Mark Antony? It's the same one. Okay. Are we talking about... Pop star? <laughs> the great singer. Just making, I'm getting so confused. He's hanging out with her for a while. There's eventually a war between Mark Antony and Octavius. Kind of stands to reason. Mark Antony flees to Alexandria. He knows it's, his days are numbered. He knows this is probably it for him. Octavius goes to Alexandria, with obviously with an army. And Mark Antony knows this is it. And so he takes a sword and he stabs himself. This hmm. is the class. This is the scene. Where we know this story. Ends. Yeah. Then. You think this is where the inspiration for Romeo and Juliet? It could be. I think it because when the first time I heard it, I thought this this guy can't be a coincidence. Yeah, I mean he stabs himself because he thinks Cleopatra's dead. She's not, and she, he finds out she's alive. She's brought over to him. He dies in her arms. Octavius is now in Alexandria. He kills Caesarion which is the son of Caesar awesome, and baby. Cleopatra. Yes, Caesarian. Caesarian son. <laughs> sure. Um, that's it for that. Uh, the, Are so, we 100% so positive that this is true and a real story? I've researched it in several places. I think this is true. Then she keeps trying to um, end her life. She's kept alive because Octavius, for some reason, thinks maybe he needs her or something. He's like constantly keeping her under guard. Um, she ends up succeeding. We don't know if it was, we don't, what's their speculation, whether it was a poison um, or or a snake. The ultra romantic story is a snake is bite a snake, to the breast. Sure, yeah. And there's, there's probably there's a not. Small, there's a small side uh, 
the conspiracy that possibly Cleopatra was a, a very much a science enthusiast and she made poison. She was working Ooh, with a doctor. And she was a mist. She, she was. was a closet alchemist. <laughs> Everyone loves the closet alchemist. Oh, that's pretty cool. Like a lot of them were alchemists. They're like, like make me live forever. What, yeah. what do you think? Like, well, I'm never going to do it. Like, here, drink this horse pee. It'll do the trick. Drink this speed. <laughs> so that's it for her. She dies in I think thirty BC. Yeah, like thirty BC. She doesn't get long to live, but she lived quite a life. Super smart lady. How Had, long after his death did she die? Like days? Weeks, it was a matter of days or months. Yeah, she wasn't alive much longer after that. Maybe a few years, I don't know, but it wasn't long. Yeah, and then that's the end of the Ptolemaic dynasty. The Greeks are out. It's the the Egypt becomes a province of Rome, Rome begins basically, or it continues. Mm. And it, we it, have 0 BC, which, you know, some ha things happen around that time. There's some <laughs> stuff happening. So a couple things happen. You know, Christians care about that one. <laughs> Christians, things happened. Um, yeah, big things. There was, there was a lot of moving, a lot of shaking going on during that time. That's why, like, I think she's interesting for many She was there reasons. at a very pivotal moment Absolutely, in history. Absolutely, yeah. It didn't seem, seem like she was very mean. So, either. so there's, like a, mean there's she's almost like the Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, she's kind of cool. So maybe I'm chronologically need to, to to figure this out before I say it out loud. But is there a chance that Cleopatra knew Jesus? Thirty BC. Was there he... is a slim chance oh, that their paths may have crossed. Because if she's thirty, or you know, at I least do... her and Paul. Because Paul... oh yeah, he was, he was an older guy. Huh? And he was I mean, I guess I always get confused different. with the common era versus the zero year. Like yeah, that doesn't make sense. Because some people, some oh, historians yeah. will 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 not so say. So maybe she died about thirty years before he was. Born. Yeah, it was either thirty years. Before. He, he may have been a child or not born yet or just born. Yeah. I think, but yeah. Pretty epic times. Still Great though. story. Yeah. Maybe Muhammad. Maybe. Uh, they, I'm not going to quote myself on any of that because I don't know at all. About. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm gonna need you to pull the Persian card out here. Anyway, that's Cleopatra. Fascinating. Cool little lady. Very fascinating. And, and right. my favorite part about it is that it seems so much like modern day celebrity. It does. Hundred percent. It's 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 their power came from how interesting they were. Well, they're they're. The dynasty know, and that, yeah. sure, but they like, did hold on to the power for. They held on to the power like, over and over, like the fanfare of being on that boat of like, look at me, I'm going. Well, it's very the much like you gotta, you gotta remind the people, you gotta give them, you gotta entertain them, right. you gotta, you gotta give them something to talk about, and as the late separate. great Reba McIntyre once said. Let's give them something to talk about. And on that bombshell, good night, folks. Thanks for tuning. Thanks for tuning in. Great episode. We'll see you around later. This and is don't fact check anything we said. Don't yeah, don't do any please, of that. Just listen <laughs> do to hundred percent entertainment value. It's just entertainment. Please please do not do not write us and tell us what we screwed. Yeah, thanks for listening. Um, write in a suggestion if you want or whatever or leave a voice message. Thanks. See you later. Bye.